much time do you want? All your progress. Progress. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Clatter Chatter on Things That Matter, the podcast that is intellectually engaging, theologically reflecting, encouraging sociologically, imagining ways in which we can live. Thank you for spending this short amount of time with us. We promise you that you will not regret a moment of it. Shout out to Trevor Smith and B.J. Herbert for commissioning this fantastic music to get our minds going on things eternal, positive, and fulfilling life's purposes. All right, all right, all right. Today uh, is a day uh, that we are excited about for a lot of reasons. Uh, got Dr. Hayes with us today. Dr. Hayes, you want to greet us? Well, good afternoon. Happy to be with you once again. Looking forward to our conversation. All right. So, um, at our last podcast, I had mentioned that we would certainly do some things around the seasonal allergy uh, issues that we are um, being inundated with, overwhelmed with, and sometimes it might be confusing, especially in the pandemic, but we hope and pray that it is just seasonal allergies. And I want us to put a pin in that conversation because we, we have allergies to food, we have allergies to hay fever, pollen, mold, etc. And that's an important conversation. But I want us to stay relevant and engaging and especially in the moments in which uh, inform our ways of engaging. And so because it is a another hot topic and, um, and it takes for me deep reflection reflecting in terms of my own theology i want us to talk about this disputed territory that has been part of a disputed territory that we can probably trace back especially in the monotheistic traditions mono meaning one theo uh, is god so with the one theology um, worshiping one God group of faith traditions. And in this order, Judaism, uh, Christianity, and Islam fighting over who are the rightful heirs of the big G-O-D's promises that were given to this business tycoon named Abram, who was from the land of Ur of the Chaldeans. And even before we get to the story of Abram, who was a businessman from the land of Ur of the Chaldeans, I'm going to keep referring to this, part of our uh, traditions of uh, the monotheistic faith traditions, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, where we have our similarities are in the stories found in the Old Testament writings. Um, the first five books of our Pentateuch, or the five books of our uh, Christian faith, five books of uh, the Torah, 
uh, first five books of the Quran probably have the same uh, trajectory. And the stories that we see in the Genesis, the beginning, uh, is really about a protagonist that lives out this leadership in leading people from bondage to freedom. And that protagonist story leads us to Moses. But before we can even get to Moses, I want us to understand, and Dr. Hayes, you can, you can pull my microphone tail, if you will, because this, this bothers me, <laughs> that um, the stories that we have as the tenets of our faith traditions kind of leave out other origins or creation stories, but it's a nice story. And it's a story about um, the first chapter of Genesis uh, gets contradicted in the third chapter of Genesis. Uh, uh, But the first chapter of Genesis is a story where uh, the council of the gods come together and they talk about creating. And in the story of the Genesis, it's this whole idea that the, the, the heavens are separated uh, and and the night and the darkness and 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 there's this this movement over these chaotic waters and uh, we get all of these animals created the fowls of the air and uh, the uh, uh, sea animals etc and and this big god says everything looks good you know uh, sun up sun down sun up sun down sun up sun down sun up sun down then we get to this these bipedal still beings created. Uh, at the same time, this is what's written in the first chapter of Genesis, around about the 26th verse, 26 to the 28th verses of the first chapter of Genesis are intriguing to me because it tells us that at the same time, simultaneously, this big G-O-D creates both Ish and Isha, um, male and female at the same time, and, and, and then declares that these bipedestal beings were created in the imagio dei or the image of God. And, and how can that be? This is a, a elementary or pre-K question. How could both male and female be created in the image of God? What does God look like? What does God sound like? Maybe that image of God is spirit. How about that, Dr. Hayes? And here's what's also fascinating. That uh, 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 the image of these bipedestal beings were crafted from the dust, the dirt. And, you know, dirt is kind of dark, right? Dirt has color. I've never seen, you know, dirt has a little melanin in it. I'm going to let that dangle where it needs to dangle. But the human beings are mostly comprised of water. 90% of us are water. 90, that's why we have to stay hydrated. We are 90% water. And I'm amazed because human beings all look alike, look like amphibious beings, kind of look like shrimp starting out, right? <laughs> Floating in the womb, the, the, the mother, the, the mothering. We, we float around in this water. When, when a woman uh, is about ready to give birth, her water breaks, and it's deep. Right? This thing gets really deep. And when Jesus was crucified, blood and water gushed out. It's deep. We are, we, when we are dehydrated, we are, uh, uh, we have to hydrate ourselves with water, our electrolytes, this saltiness. We, we get hydrated. And so we're like, that's what I'm saying. There's no, there's no male 
that's greater than the female. There's no female greater than the male. We are equal in the first chapter of Genesis. And then somewhere somebody decides that uh, Adam had to go to sleep and then from him a rib was pulled out. And I've never, unless I'm wrong, Dr. Hayes, and you can correct me, I've never seen a man give birth. And so I'm going to leave that where it is. I like the story of equity of God's creation. God created in equitable ways, both at the same time, male and female, um, as the designation was given. But then we get to some messiness um, where this temptation uh, was given, and the big G.O.D. gives this decree that you can eat from everything in this garden of paradise, this garden of Eden. Uh, that's the, the the cradle of civilization. The story is in the motherland, undisputed. Um, but from this tree of the knowledge of good versus evil, do not partake. Don't eat this gnosis. Why do you need to know? And and this this wisdom of God is always personified as female. And so I have to reclaim Eve as much as I can. That Eve was doing what was already in her. This woman's intuition. She was gnosising if you will if that is a word um she had this desire to want to know uh and eve has been demonized as this villain of the creation story of making adam eat an apple which is ludicrous because apples weren't growing in that area it was probably more like a pomegranate or a fig but that's a whole nother story right so anyway it wasn't a it wasn't necessarily an apple but the issue was um and if god already knew this then the story shouldn't be surprising, right? That these bipedestal beings were going to yield to that temptation anyway of wanting to know. And humans always have the desire to want to know. And no matter how old we get, we can never know as much as our elders because they have the wisdom of the ages on their side. Okay, so now we fast forward to, and I know you're laughing at me. Now we fast forward to the sibling issue with Cain and Abel one brother kills another brother and then the mom and daddy get upset because Cain killed his brother and my my brother's keeper then we fast forward they have another son his name is Seth and and Seth has children and and if it was just Adam and Eve on the earth then how did Seth have kids Mm-hmm. He had kids by another woman out of a different area, and they reproduce. And he has this, Seth has the lineage of Noah. Noah comes along around the eighth chapter of Genesis. And Noah has these three children, Ham, Shem, and Jephthah. And we know the story of, of the curse of Ham, that people thought that Ham was cursed, even though Ham had the same DNA as his brother Shem and Jephthah. They got the same mom and daddy, but because uh, um, the the slavers wanted to justify slavery uh, by subjugating Africans uh, from the area uh, that the 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 Hamites uh, or the Cushites um, landed, uh, it become the Canaanites because it was it was Ham's grandson Canaan that would be. Uh, considered the accursed. And that's interesting because the promised land is named Canaan, right? That's where Abram of the Chaldeans was going towards the promised land, this land that would be flowing with milk and honey, this land, and this big G-O-D. So then we get to, 
we get to the story of where the descendants of Shem, and we get the Shemites, uh, and that's we're going to talk about that because this is the part of the conversation around the Gaza Strip and Hamas, Hezbollah, and the occupying of the Israelis and the uh, Palestinians' uh, displacement. And so we can't get to where we are today unless we know this little bit of history. And so uh, Abram was promised these things, and he was 85, 90 years old, something like that. He was going to have children, progeny. He was promised land, and he was promised Prosperity, great blessings, um, and he was and married, descendants. and his descendants, and his descendants. Come on, Doctor Hayes, and 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 so he had a wife named Sarai, right? And uh, mm-hmm. and and um, the the stories say that Abram, whose name changed to Abraham, kind of laughed at the notion that his old manness was going to produce children. And Sarai, whose name changed to Sarah, also kind of laughed too, and uh, and so as a way to sort of manipulate the situation, because we like to manipulate God's promises to fit our own agenda, but maybe it wasn't a necessarily manipulation. Maybe it was intended. Since I believe that God is omniscient, uh, uh, omnipotent, omnipresent. And so Sarah encourages Abraham to hook up with his uh, concubine, Hagar, maid. And he does. And, and his first heir is produced, and his name is what? Dr. Hayes. Ishmael. Ish, Ishmael. Ishmael. Ishmael, the firstborn, the first heir of God's promises to Abraham is with Hagar, who has a son named Ishmael. And uh, the story goes on to say that Sarah was getting a little perturbed to see how much Abraham, her husband, was loving on Ishmael, his firstborn. And then, and then she gets pregnant like 14 years after the birth of Ishmael. And and she kind of tells uh, that Pillar talked to her husband, hey, uh, Abraham, look, this, this side chick got to go. And Abraham is rending his clothes and upset. And, and God says, um, no, it's going to be all right. <laughs> uh, uh, the same blessings that I promised to you is, gonna, is also for every one of your descendants, Ishmael. And um, anyway, uh, Hagar and Ishmael, they go off in the wilderness and they land in what we know as the place of Arabic speakers. And um, and and Abraham, who's still holding on to his his paganism, his his worshiping of of other gods, because uh, and and part of his history. I mean, can you imagine living eighty five years and all of a sudden changing how you used to be? It's almost like telling somebody eighty five years old that they got to wear a mask in a pandemic. It's hard to uncondition once you've been conditioned to to be a certain way. And so Abraham still had his condition of what it meant to make a sacrifice. And he was willing to sacrifice his only child, Isaac. Can you, can you imagine that? He, he thought that's what you do. 
and he was willing to sacrifice him. God's like, as a ram in the bush, don't do, don't sacrifice this child. I would give you something, and you're gonna have to turn around and kill it. That don't make no sense. And he was he was doing his worst thing. But anyway, so Isaac is born, and he's spared because a ram was in a bush, and um, and Sarah and Abraham they go off and they do all these lying because Sarah was a beautiful woman, and you know the Egyptians wanted to hook up with her and all this other kind of stuff. And Abraham was like, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that. So then we we get to, um, you know, Isaac. Isaac grows up and he has twins. And I'm fast forwarding the story. Um, Isaac has twins. And their names are Esau and Jacob. But before we get to Isaac's twins, Esau and Jacob, um, there's some other things that take place. I mean, smack dab in this story we get. Um, a lot of stuff, right, um, that's going on in the area. Folks trying to figure out how they, they're getting to this promised land, this land that God promised the descendants of Abraham. Abraham. And Esau and Jacob were born. And, um, oh, man, it gets really complicated, doesn't it, Doc? Because... Yeah. You know, uh, Rebecca had already uh, kind of knew what the blessings of the elder child would be, and and you can pick up with some of the story if you want to. <laughs> it was customary that the elder child got the blessings from the father. Yes, that was that was tradition. That was their custom, the- and. Uh, she pushes Jacob ahead of him to get that blessing because he was her favorite. Esau was Isaac's favorite. So, you know, you have this family dynamic. Uh, it's not unusual. But they went to great lengths to fool the father who was sick and blind. And as the story goes, uh, the blessing falls to Jacob because he perpetrated the situation. And uh, then Jacob produces these 12 sons who become 12 tribes, and uh, that which began as Abram has become the great nation that God promised. But you still have these backstories, and you really, you really don't, understand who you are or where you are unless you know your story. And this story has uh, set the stage for everything that occurred afterwards, even to today. And I think that's where you were trying to go, Dr. Cooper. Yes, even until today. uh, The descendants of these young men are still kind of at enmity. Go ahead. Yes, and here's the thing. So um, Esau's descendants are the Edomites, and Jacob, as you said, have uh, attributed to him uh, these 12 tribes. Now, Jacob's name changes to Israel. His name changes to Israel. His name 
changes to Israel, which literally means wrestle with God. Israel was not a land, period. It was this man's name that changed. And here's something else to consider. He has two grandchildren that's included in the tribe because the Levites, the priestly class, were not included because their role was relegated to things of the temple. So he has Manasseh and I believe Ephraim. These were Joseph's children. Joseph's children were included in these 12 tribes. So Israel's grandsons were included and Joseph's brothers, Levi Nam, Reuben Nam, they sell their brother, Joseph, to the Egyptians. Now, and, and Joseph finds favor in the house of the Egyptians because he's able to interpret Lord Jesus' dreams and stuff. And, and, um, and so he finds favor and this famine takes place and, and all this other stuff. And, 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 um, they, they, Wherever these tribes landed, the land was named after them. So you have Dan, you have Naphtali, you have uh, Reuben, you have uh, Judah. And anybody who landed in Judah were also named for that area. It's like being a Missourian and you're, you're known, you live in Missouri, you're known as Missourians. And if you lived in Judah, you're known as Judeans or, or Jews, right? But, but we have, we have these, these tribal areas and, and they're still on this journey towards the promised land. And, and some of the tribes were stronger than others. Uh, uh, they had to fortify their area around the temple. Uh, just in case you want your stronger ones facing the, the, the West, I believe. So, and, 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 um, and so they were, they were paired up based on their strength, uh, so that they could fight together to protect the temple. The temple was a tabernacle, this tent of meetings that was mobile. God was mobile, this tent of meetings that included the Ark of the Covenant and the, the Ten Commandments and all those artifacts of Moses' era. And they were on this journey towards this land flow of milk and honey. And anybody that joined this caravan were then considered to be Hebrews, part of this nation, this group of folks moving towards this promise. They weren't necessarily part of the original group, but there was just... It was like groupthink happening in antiquity. You see, this, it's like these kids coming from the south, the southwest. Everybody's coming, joining this caravan to come to the United States, you know, from Guatemala and, and, and different places on the, the southwestern uh, uh, countries moving towards. And then as, they, as they're journeying towards the United States, this caravan grows. And that's what was happening to these Hebrews, right, going to the promised land. And so anyway. Um, the divided territory that takes place in, in this manifest destiny that seems to make my skin crawl because 
the Bible that we know of that was put together by the patriarchs was crafted in the fourth century during the time of, of the monarchies that were, that were colonizing different areas, uh, uh, placed in French in areas where it was maybe Swahili and, and, um, uh, Spanish in areas that maybe it was, you know, uh, some other native language and, and it can, becomes kind of crazy. So, um, to justify the error of the day. So there's a lot of king languages that take place. And we even get to first king and second kings and, and in second kings, Solomon, um, uh, his kingdom gets divided. Solomon's after Solomon's reign, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom is divided. You've got Israel um, and and you have Judah and and they have some horrendous kings that that are, are, are serving in both of those areas. One king serves like 52 years, King uh, Uzziah um, that we have. And it was under um, in, in Second Kings, the 18th chapter, I believe, where we have. Um, the Assyrian Empire. So we have the Egyptian Empire that falls. We have the Assyrian Empire that falls. We'll have the Babylons that fall. We'll have, um, and I want to, I want to, we have the uh, uh, Alexander the Great. We have the Roman Empire that falls. Um, and, and I want to get us to uh, some of our modern empires that places us where we are today. The empire that 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 uh, is more modern uh, after World War One was the Ottoman Empire, and this is basic civics. I'm not making this up. Just go back to your world history. The Ottoman Empire. What was happening with the Ottoman Empire um, was that they the Ottomans had rule over the the Palestinian area, and there was this little strip. There is a little strip that the Ottomans ruled. Um, and their in their ruleship of this Gaza Strip ended uh, after World War One between I think uh, 1914 and 1918, and Gaza became part of the League of Nations, which mandated uh, Palestine under British rule. Did, did you get me? <laughs> it's crazy, right? How could the British rule this territory? And given this land under the League of Nations. All right. So, and I always say this, that before some crazy stuff was happening with uh, those who identified themselves as the rightful heirs of all of God's promises. And it even led to this Zionist movement that all of a sudden people were rallying around Israel. We, we had to protect, and Israel being confused with, the Jewish, and all seems like all the Jews were then becoming Israelites, the descendants of Israelites, and Israel was Jacob, and Jacob was the grandson of Abram. So it seems like everybody was kin to him, right? That's why Abraham was the father of many nations. But we became, started playing this geopolitics because the world gave birth to a tyrant named Hitler who took the eugenics that were crafted at an Ivy League institution of Harvard to come up with a master race. And this tyrant named Hitler wanted to eradicate the Jews because the quote-unquote Jews were smarter than everybody else, and he didn't like it. So that propelled us into this war. And see how all this stuff is connected? 
after World War One, Gaza became part of the League of Nations, and then we get this Hitler stuff. And it wasn't until 1947 or 1948 when, under Harry S. Truman, the United Nations wanted to give a great apology and offer statehood to Israel and designate a portion of Palestine as the Israeli state. My goodness. An Israeli state. Well, and and you remember ISIS? ISIS wanted to set an Islamic state in Syria. And everybody got nervous about it. What I want to offer as an opportunity to end this craziness of war is how about nobody owns the land? How about humankind's origins was to be good caretakers of the land, stewards of the land? Because, Dr. Hayes, I ain't never known anybody to pack up their house and get it buried with them. I, I ain't, I've done a lot of funerals. I ain't never known anybody. Uh, if, if, if Walmart or, or university wanted to uh, build where you paid your taxes, Guess what? Eminent domain. Whoever eminent is <laughs> can take your domain <laughs> because they got the most power from on high. But the we, power. we, That's we what is. I know it. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Whoever eminence is, they're going to yeah. take what you think is your power and they're going to say, no, yeah. your power, you yeah. are powerless. But we serve an all powerful G.O.D. Why are we trying to hoard this invisible something? It is ridiculous to be fighting over territory that ain't nobody's. And this Gaza Strip and this Zionist movement and, and, and all of these, it's like we're all kin to each other. If I'm Muslim, I am your double first cousin. If I'm Christian. I'm your double first cousin. If I'm Jewish, I'm your double first cousin. If I am Hindu, because Abraham had children by Keturah, who gives us birth to our brothers and sisters who are Hindu and Buddhist. And at the end of our circle of life, none of this matters. And we're seeing 52,000 Palestinians being displaced. We're seeing bombs bursting in air over a place that is the cradle of these monotheistic traditions. Why are we fighting? It's, is it a religious war? And why are we falling for this division amongst these traditions? Save us from this war. Well, you know, it, it, it seems like, you know, it seems like you ask the question, is it a religious war? I think it, I think it is heavily influenced by the respective religions. Because um, I was reading an article that there was some uh, disturbance about the end of Ramadan and prayers being broadcasted and they wanted to turn off the radio because uh, the, the Israel, Israelites, I'm going to say Israelites, but Bibi Netan, Yahoo, um, 
was going to make a speech on their Memorial Day. So here you have the two religions, uh, religious observances colliding in the same territory and and one trying to shut down the other and the other resisting the one who who, who takes uh, preeminence, in other words, the, the Israel's leadership. And so this, this really starts the whole thing off. And, uh, and then Hamas, that wants to be uh, the, the Palestinian savior, seizes the opportunity to so-called defend the Palestinians um, because they were treated rudely about the end of Ramadan. So it's, it's just, you know, it's just so confusing, but it's, it's all about one-upmanship. I have a right to this. I have a right to do this. I have a right to be who I am and where I want to be. And those uh, powers are colliding because they haven't figured out if, if we can't live together, we may not live. And and the tragedy is this, Dr. Hayes. It is so sad because you just said a whole lot that for this year and some change, the world has been impacted by COVID-19. And for a year and some change, a year and a few months, we we were... We were, I'm not even going to say it wasn't even a whole year for nine months. We were almost in solidarity and filled with compassion. And then January 6th happened in the United States. January 6th, 2021. And it seems like January 6th, 2021, hell broke loose in the United States. And and that gave rise to hell breaking loose all over the world. I mean, that's deep, isn't it? Yep. When you think about yep. it, that for nine months in 2020, it was almost crickets in terms of, except for, you know, the, the knee on the neck of George Floyd, the killing of Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, and, I mean, that litany. Uh, and it, even in solidarity around the world, there were those who were standing with black folks in America. But the, mm-hmm. but something about this epiphany of January 6, 2021, I mean, even the fighting of the Gaza Strip was 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 almost silenced because of the pandemic. But then we get these mass shootings in the United States. We get the perpetuation of a lie of an election fraud and all this other kind of stuff. We get this this. Um, this, this, like, what you let loose on earth has been loosed. Hate. And hate has, has just, is, is this flame that just keeps burning greater than the Pentecost. You know, this, this hate that just keeps getting more fuel added to it all over the world. This hate. 
How how can we let goodness and mercy reign? How do we live with each other in community if this is how the creation story of paradise is is our it's what's what's desired for us. Well, I think that's one of the great mysteries of life. Why the question always uh, hovers over us? Why can't we just get along? Why can't we just share with one another? Why can't we just peacefully coexist? Why does it always have to be someone over someone else? Uh, This need um, to Lord, this is something that Jesus identified in his disciples. He he chided them about it. He, he, He reprimanded them and said, you all, it shouldn't be like that with you. With you, you should be serving each other, not trying to lord over each other. And so that's the great challenge for all of us. And if we don't meet the challenge, we will self-destruct. Because if you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. And then you're going to hit me again. And I'm going to hit you back again. And where does it end? Somebody's going to die. And then the people who love the one who got killed is coming for the one who did it. It's just like uh, Cain. He had to he had to leave town. He couldn't stay there after he killed his brother. That's why you have sanctuary cities, and and all of this is designed to try to put a stop to the killing upon killing upon killing. And I personally do not have the answer of how and when it will end. All I can say is if we don't learn to love each other, then the hate will kill us all. I think we have to come continue this conversation because it is enlightening. And I think that um, we just have to talk and share what we know and hope for. And um, what you just said is a good way to end today. We just have to love each other. On that and Those note, of us who know that truth, we have to keep telling it. We have to keep telling it, teaching our children. Keep telling that truth. All right, Dr. Hayes. It has been a privilege, a pleasure, and an honor to have you join in with us today. Remember that everything will be all right. Until we meet again. 
stay safe and well. You got any more to say, Dr. Hayes, as we end this show today? Stay safe, stay well. Wear your mask if you want to. I'll say wear your mask because you need to. 